2: Connecting to the big show.
0: In three, two, one. All we're doing is creating private industry that
3: widens the gap between people who have and people who have not.
4: It comes down, PJ, to very simple rule
3: of be a good neighbor, talk to your neighbors. And I'd say, because of bureaucracy, I cannot get work permits. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96
2: 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96.
3: Email opinion at 96
2: FM. The lines are live. Let's
3: kickstart the conversation.
2: This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan
3: on Corks 96 FM.
2: Okay, we'll do the ads today. We will do your favorites. Christmas ads today between now and 12 we'll come up with the the top five and we'll do them in the last hour. We're having some trouble separating two in particular and I'm going to get you to to think hard about which one. Only one of them will make the top five but they're both arguing for a place there. Uh, So I'll, um, I'll let you sort that out during the morning. Also want you to start thinking it's Three weeks tomorrow, Christmas Eve, I want you to start thinking about your favorite Christmas telly. There was a list came out yesterday, they were talking about it in the news. There was a list that did in Britain of the top thirty Christmas moments or seasonal moments or moments you remember on telly from Christmas of a few of them to let you hear again. But I want your particular favour. We're going to run this over the next couple of weeks to, to find out what's your favourite moment. Because the top 30 as published was was really British. As you'd expect when it was done in Britain kind of thing. We'd know a lot of it. An awful lot of it actually as you'll find out. But I want to know what was yours. Was it Mrs. Brown? Was it Father Ted? Was it something that happened on the toy show. Whatever your favourite Christmas moment was on television, have a think about it. 0818 96, 96 96. Before I go anywhere, though, is that in? Is that ready? We've got a voice note has come in on 0818 96 96 96. The number, the text to WhatsApp is 833969696 96 96. Let's check. I think it's ready. There's a voice note has come in to us straight away. Yeah, this is this Thomas. It is. Let me see. If you want to get to us really quickly and you don't have time to do a long text and you won't be able to wait for us to come back to you on the phone because we need to go into a queue for the phone, you can just pop something straight onto your WhatsApp voicemail, which is what Thomas has done this morning. Say what the problem is when you go through the tunnel. The lights are only going on green for about two seconds and they stay on red for at least a couple of minutes. and people are just getting impatient. And the workers are just walking past, they don't know what's going on. We could phone someone
5: up and tell them that the lights are actually knackered. That's why there's about three thousand people going mad there trying to get through the tunnel.
2: Something going on with the lights down at the tunnel. Tom goes through it practically every day, a couple of times a day, so the lights playing up at the tunnel this morning. Oh, what a great way to start a Friday morning. Oh eight one eight ninety-six ninety-six ninety-six. A couple of weeks ago I was supposed to go to something in Dublin. And I didn't. Um, We were all supposed to go up. And and we decided we wouldn't. Not because we didn't want to go. In fact, we really did want to go to the event in in particular. But there was no way we could justify the hotel prices. And that's not the first time that this has happened in the course of uh, 2022. It's been a big talking point right throughout the summer, right throughout the tourist season, season. And... As I said, last month um, we were supposed to go to something and we just chose, nah, Stop not it. Not, not, you can't justify that. Can't justify it. Nisi, uh, you were trying to do the same thing, trying to head away for a little break. What's going on? Morning.
5: How are you? Yeah, I mean, I just don't really understand what's going on in their minds, you know, because, you know, it seems to be post-pandemic that all these um, charges are, are being... Uh, you know extortionate rates, uh, I don't understand why they would choose now to do that. Because why wouldn't they want people to get things back to normal? Get, you know, get people back into the city. Nobody wants to go there anymore.
2: What did you? What was your own experience? You were trying to book.
5: I was just looking for somewhere to go, really, and um, I hadn't really decided where, so I just decided I'd look up Dublin because I hadn't been there for a long time. You know, it used to be that we'd go once a year. And I just couldn't get over it. I was like, there's just no way. Places I used to be able to get for maybe around 230, that'd be split between myself and and someone else usually. You know, they were looking for something like 560, 600 plus. And I was like, what? Are you insane? The Shelburne is 900 and something. But we all knew So I was like, well, Dublin's out, you know.
2: But we all knew the Shelburne was always expensive we all knew the yeah, Westbury exactly. were always expensive yep. but now others that were fairly ordinary, nice but ordinary places are almost competing for that now
5: and and they can't win you know and I mean so I decided then sure look I look up you know Clarney or Clorgland, now Clarney at one stage was gone berserk as well but they've calmed down a bit now you know you could get something you know, about 260 average but that would usually be room, room only but it's doable you know but um, so I said, you know, the Wexford's the same now, all about 270, 260 room only. Um, but Dublin is just, it, its there's nowhere really that you can get that's decent for less than 400. Like, And I'm going, what, what's this about, you know? Hmm. I, I don't understand what their reasoning is at all.
2: They'll put it down to the cost of doing business. They'll put it down to energy. They'll put it down to this, that and the other. Do you but buy then they're any crying
5: in, in, in the papers this week that they can't get people, you know, that they're hemorrhaging money. But, you know, what what do they think is going to happen? They, you know, you can't, people aren't fools. Like, they're crying because they can't get staff and they won't pay them properly. And they're crying because they can't get people in. And they, they're charging people extortionate. Rape. I don't know if they're going to look in the mirror at any stage and ask themselves why that might be.
2: Hmm something else I noticed recently because we were looking at maybe going up to a few shows in Dublin next year the cost of actually going to a show is very reasonable at the moment in places like the Borgash Energy but the hotels are gone so expensive it's not worth it
5: that's what's killing it and what's going to happen is that if artists can't sell out the shows which will happen they won't want to come to Dublin anymore promoters won't want to promote anything in Dublin And, you know, that's what's going to happen. So many people that I know are put off going because they're either going to have to go and come back the same night Hmm. or stay somewhere like Bray and get the dart and they don't really want to do that either. You know, so people are just being put off. They just won't go. Hmm.
2: Well, look, through this job, I I get invitations to go to things. I had two invitations in the last six months, one being to the Eagles at the Aviva Stadium. There's seats in the house. It's nice. It comes with the job sometimes. Yeah. I didn't go because I couldn't get a hotel room for less than about five hundred quid.
5: It's it's just it's ridiculous. You you can't, you know, you, you can't reason with it to your, to yourself. It, it, throwing that kind of money away, really. Mm. I mean, we're all you know between the, we we're all we've all got energy bills now. We've all got everything's gone through the roof. Inflation. We're all, you know, looking at our wallets, and, and we're a small country. Like we're you know they're they're charging New York prices in Dublin.
2: Well, I have a news for you. New York prices are very competitive with Dublin these days. If you do some comparisons,
5: exactly. Like you know, and I mean, to to the notions that we're you know, <laughs> we're not a country of notions. You know, mm. uh, we're we're very level-headed people, and um, I think if the hotels want to steady themselves then they're going to have to do a bit of introspection and and um, change their ways. And the government might have, to, if, if they end up bailing out hotels, I said it on Twitter, I said I'll need to be sedated.
2: One is required to look at the other side. And if you see some of the bills that hotels have posted, they've shown us their ESB bills, electricity bills, gone from... Eight thousand a month last year to twenty thousand a month this year—that like is a reality, and you can't oh, expect absolutely. them. They have to. So, what are they supposed to do about that? I guess.
5: You know, you can't rely on the customer to make that up for you. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's. It's not the customer's fault that that this ridiculous rise in energy bills is happening. Um, at the end of the day if, if the government are going to have to step in then they're going to have to do something but you know I understand there's cafes as well getting ridiculous um, bills uh, monthly bills that are just unsustainable for any business and I have huge sympathy for that but at the end of the day you can't push that cost onto onto yeah. um, onto everybody else because it you know we, we can't shoulder the burden
2: I was talking to a journalist last month Nisi who wanted to go to see an artist in Dublin and actually the same artist in Manchester, including the flight and accommodation, it was cheaper to go. We have a problem.
5: Yeah, it's, that's it. I mean, it's, if it's better, if you're better off leaving the country than spending money in your own country, that's a sad state of affairs. You know, there's no winners in that. Right.
2: And you say, good talking to you. Thanks a lot.
5: Thanks,
2: PJ. Take care of yourself. Cheers, Nisi. Yeah, it's it's chronic. And during the summer it was bad. I remember doing some numbers during the summer. Uh, and you can I can name this hotel because I stayed there two years running in twenty and twenty one on the same night in the same month. So I compared this month when we weren't staying, and or this year when we weren't staying, and the price had trebled. I mean trebled. Uh, over that time. Now, I used to stay, this is on the phone, I used to stay in Maldron in Newlands Cross, I know it well, for 79 euro. That was two or three years ago. Now it's double that, over double that. I'm a self-employed contractor. The companies that retain me include my expenses. I'm shut out of Dublin now because they won't pay for that accommodation. They use people who don't need to stay overnight. I've gone as far as the Moy Valley in Kildare, the board there with meet I've stayed in Dundalk in order to secure the bit of business in Dublin Kate says family members who were attending a national triathlon meeting were quoted 600 euro accommodation for two people with no breakfast compare that to 369 euro for a week in the Canaries including flight per person around the same time look I get it they have to make money after the pandemic and so on But it's only a bed. These prices are going too far. And Kevin says you'd go on a flight to Glasgow or Liverpool and have a weekend away with the money that they're charging for one night away in Dublin. We thought it might have just been a summer thing. No, it's continued right through And I was only looking at one of our favourite shows Myself and the Queen Bee One of our favourite shows is touring again next year And the great Rebecca Storm is coming back For one more lash off of Blood Brothers And they're doing a run in the Borgash Energy And we're looking it up And we love the show And we love Rebecca And we love the Borgash And I'd love to go But the price of accommodation is just stupid Absolutely stupid Places we used to stay around the gash there, places we've stayed before, um, were so reasonable we'd bring the young fella and we'd make a weekend out of it. But now, nah, it's just not worth it. And, and, and that's, that's the way it's gone. Dublin has gone absolutely crazy. It, I suppose it all might tie in with changes in society. We were talking about cashless during the week and I heard, held over a few of your your comments because I don't like the idea of things being 100% cashless and I love the idea where if it's under say 50 quid they have to take cash I, I don't like this idea of premises like cafes and shops, small shops restaurants going completely bars going completely cashless I think if you're if the, con, if the job is, or if the, whatever you're buying is under 50 quid then you should have to take cash and, that's, well, and I don't like it on planes either. I don't like that. But, Morris was on to say, the cashless society is a good idea. It'll stop money laundering and tax evasion because transactions can be traced. However, there are situations where cash may still be needed, like in a power blackout for people to buy food. And what will they do when people have no cash on Sunday morning religious services to put the roof of the church? Says Morris, what well, have news to you, know, Morris? They're, they're tapping already at the back of the church. If you've not seen it, I have. PJ in relation to credit card machines and some business not taking cards because some don't. Uh, but Pascal Donoghue was saying that during the week, he had the other end of the stick entirely. He was talking about how it's unusual now for places not to take cash. I think I still, I think I still have that. Hang on.
6: I do believe that we need to have a broad discussion regarding how payments are made within our economy, given big changes that are now happening and if I'm in an environment that never takes a debit card, of course I'm suspicious as to why, but I at the same time recognise that for lots of businesses there can be reasons on the day why the machine isn't working
2: That's Pascal, I think Pascal would like us all to go completely cashless, by the sound of it, by the sound of it maybe I'm wrong, but by the sound of that, now it says Reacting to that, Eddie said, in relation to credit card machines and some businesses not taking cards, maybe it's because it costs over 50 euro a month for a card reading machine for a small business. That's a lot of money. Maybe Pascal might provide free machines to small businesses instead of thinking that they're doing something underhand. Thanks for that, Eddie. Tony says, I think someone should make a list of the outlets that are gone cashless and let the people who want to support it do that the rest of us it. I think they'd lose a lot of support as people realise it's not just a privacy killer, but it's a job killer too. And Patricia, lastly on this, on planes in particular, I think it's handy. Oh God, really? Because I really do wonder about the dirt on money in any hospitality job, including planes. I'm relieved when I see it's tap. Really, Patricia? Really? Oh no. No, no, I hated it on the plane. I hated to see it on a plane. And you're trying. I remember, I said to you, all I wanted was a flipping Kit Kat. I mean, using me card for a Kit Kat, like, <laughs> give over. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Niall Quinn had a video up on Facebook last week for the toy show of him getting the Christmas tree ready for the toy show. Now, in any house last week where you did it, how long did it take you? Did it take you an hour? Two hours? Get it down out of the attic, open up all the branches, put under the... How long did it take you to get the Christmas tree up and ready for the toy show? Now, Niall, you can tell us in a minute how long it took you, because I know it didn't take you very long, but how long, how long are you actually wrapping the Christmas tree? <laughs> this is gas. How long are you wrapping the Christmas tree in cling film to put it away? And when did you start? Morning to you. Good morning. Well, I
4: started back in 2014, I believe. it was. So in, actually in January 2015 was the first time I wrapped the tree in cling film. I refer in the video to having seen something on Facebook. I yeah. can't r- remember what exactly it was, but it, it appears to have been a meme on Facebook that was going around. So I said I'd give it a go. And the reason I gave it a go was that You'd have a clamor in this house and the run up to Christmas with people asking, can we put up the Christmas tree? Can we put up the Christmas tree? And we'll do it as a family. Yeah. And five minutes into the process, they're all under the voices, and it's left to dad. Um, <laughs> so I lose my whole weekend and a whole bunch of weeknights putting up the Christmas tree and decorations and what have you. So I said, if I'm doing it, that's fine, but I'm doing it on my terms. So I said, I'd give this wrapping the Christmas tree thing a go. Right. And the first year, I think I used sort of like heavy duty bin liners. Yeah, and that didn't really work. Um, so I, from there, I suppose PJ process of refinement started, yeah. where we we were using uh, cling film instead, and some tougher stuff underneath just to keep it bound tight. Yeah. But that proved harder to cut through, and then we were cutting the lights. So um, (laughs) we started out in a length of one by two
2: Well well, we started with the the bin bags (laughs) right? Started with the bin bags idea Because most people would have a few bin bags in the house And what did you do? Did you try to just shove various parts of it into bin bags And then tie it all together Or did you wrap them around it?
4: I think what we did the first year was we poked a hole in the bottom of the, the bin liner and it would have been a heavier duty bin liner yeah. as well. We, like the really light ones are just kind of, the, the branches will just poke through. So it would almost be like the heaviness of builder's tarp yeah. or whatever, you know. So we poked a hole in that, turned the tree over on its side and tried to um, stand it in almost. It took it off its stand and tried to stand it in into in the, the the bin liner, and of course, half the decorations fell off. It was yeah. that anyway, <laughs> so right. it was it, it was a bit of a disaster. So we had to to work on it. So um, it and then, of course, to make it tight enough to go into the attic, we we wrapped it in in cling film. After that, right. So now you're using bin liners and cling film, and it's a, a whole heap of single use nasty plastic. Yeah. But uh, that's how we did it the first year, but the second year we'd gotten rid of the the bin liners, and we were just using.
2: No, the bit of one by two, which I see in the video, why? Because
4: we were cutting the lights um, <laughs> as you're trying to cut back through the. You're using Stanley knives or, or, or craft blades, you know, to yeah. to get back through the, the cling film at Christmas to release it. And we found, particularly if we were trying to do it quickly, we were cutting through the, the lights. So if we if you use the length of two by one, you're just cutting down along the two by one. Oh, okay. that's protecting the tree, the decorations, the tinsel, the lights and everything behind it
2: Clever, and do you attach the 2x1 to the tree with something like a cable tie or is it just Oh sitting?
4: a bit of, yeah it's just a bit of tape right. it, it, Just enough to hold it in place And once you have the cling film on it, it holds itself in place anyway
2: Right, so the tree is fully decorated, remains fully decorated You put in the 2x1 two, the two and then you start wrapping You need two that's to do it. that I'd say
4: yeah, I usually one of my sons just to hold it steady for the first bit of it. Um, and it, 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 once you get the first wrap on, it, it gets pretty straightforward after that. Nice. Um, and as the years progressed, and like we're up to the eighth time doing it now, um, the, 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 the piece of two by one was replaced with, it's actually just cardboard. We took delivery of something and part of the packaging was this sort of like, l form or if you're looking at edge on it's shaped like a a capital l it's just cardboard and that was better again because um it guided the the stanley blade as you're going back down through the um the 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 cling film to release it right so that's what we've been using for probably three years now and what we found with as, as we were getting the wrap tighter and tighter and and better materials that we were using the time that we were get, releasing, that it was taking to release the Christmas tree, was um, falling.
2: I'll get to that. I'm still with the wrapping process, right? So you yeah. get it, you get it wrapped, and you then have to put it away. I'm only looking at my attic opening. There is no way yeah. I would get a fully wrapped Christmas tree with may what they're two two feet, three feet across the bottom through my attic. Rub,
4: yeah. It, it, it might be a little bit of a squeeze but it will go through. Right. I would be going base first because that like the the branches will fold upwards if you yes, know what I mean. You'll break them if you try to fold them down or around.
2: I see. So that gets to the attic lies there and you bring it down. But you recommend the shed, do you, instead.
4: I put it in the, the attic the first couple of years, but I had a little bit of spare room out in the shed. And particularly as we were getting the wrap tighter and tighter, yeah. I like, this thing isn't going to take up any more room than a ladder out there. You know? <laughs> right. So it stands in the corner, looking very lonely out there, I must say. Yeah. And it stands in the corner out in the shed from one end of the year to the other. And then on the day that we're putting it up, which is how, usually I'd be after December 8th sometime. Um, for putting up Christmas trees mm. but then the COVID thing happened and you know people were looking for anything to give a bit of joy so w- we started putting it up the day of the toy show yeah. so on the day of the toy show the tree gets uh, we call it the rat check. the tree gets stood in the backyard for an hour <laughs> just in case anything's moved into it um, oh. Uh, oh. in the year it's it's been there and that's never been a problem anyway it's just part of the tradition yeah. and then we move it into place and start sizing up how we're going to get it out
2: You videoed it the other night for the toy show. How long to get it unwrapped, opened and plugged in?
4: Um, First year we did it, eight minutes that had been gradually toppling. And the other night we did it in 38 seconds.
2: 38 seconds. Now, when it comes out of all that wrapping, surely it looks a bit sorry for itself.
4: Well, I'm actually sitting right next to it right now as uh, as I'm talking to you. And it can be a little bit bedheaded for sure, because it, it's been wrapped up for 11 months. Um, but it's in perfect working order. All the decorations are ready to go. And you can just go around it uh, and unfold some of those little twigs that have gotten bent inwards and they're easy to put back in again. Then when you're done with it, it, it looks absolutely fine. And at this stage, we don't even use much cling film because we keep the old stuff. We use that for a sort of a display we do on our porch, a sort of a little Christmas scene. Oh, cool. And that just gets laid back on at the, uh, when we're putting the Christmas tree away in January. That just, we just lie it gently onto it and then start at the bottom with the, the, the roll of cling film. And with ours, it would just take a single wrap, maybe two with the outside
2: Oh, so you're recycling the cling film as well?
4: oh yeah yeah, yeah. There, there's no waste um, really? I, I wouldn't lightly use uh, a single use material like thing film like that it'd be kind of indefensible but I, I, you know if people are just getting the idea to do it now by all means use as much as you need to and just hold on to it the following year you'll get to use it again and again
2: I can think of a lot of fellas now in pubs and nightclubs thinking do you know what now
4: yeah, we should get competitive on this, like, you know, uh, I think a whole bunch of people um, releasing their Christmas trees at, I don't know, 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock on the, the night of the tie show, there should be some sort of a prize for it. Who can do it the quickest?
2: There's a Facebook video competition or Instagram or TikTok or whatever happens to be the flavour of the month. Imagine that, TikTok yeah. tree, TikTok trees. Something like that would work, I think. I'm off to buy a roll at film. Niall, good talking to you. Yeah, Thanks for having us on. Cheers PJ. Cheers fella that, that's good. Wrapping the tree now one would not recommend doing this with a real tree because apart from the fact that the poor thing will die and go brown and rot it could easily be a fire hazard as well but with your artificial tree what would you do with your would you t- consider that wrapping, just wrap it up in cling film <laughs> that's the bizarrest thing. 0818 96 96 96. the yep yeah. You'd hop on a flight to Glasgow or Liverpool and have a weekend away with what they're charging. And this came in on a way 3, ninety six ninety six. following my chat with Nisi about the cost of going to Dublin and staying in the hotel.
7: Hi, Peter, just listening to you there about the prices uh, in Dublin. Um, yeah, the cost of going to a show in Dublin is ridiculous. So we're booked now in January to go to the Phantom of the Opera... Um, in London, and we have a hotel, the President Hotel, in the centre of London, and it's about €95 euro per person. Now, the ho- it, It's a lovely hotel. The Rooms are tidy, they're neat, they're spotless clean. Right in the centre of London, €95 euro for a room per person um, for a night. So we're going for two nights. It's cheaper to go to London, to go to a show, than to go up to Dublin to go to a show. So, there you are. What's that telling you?
2: Exactly what does that tell you? Thanks for that. Uh, yeah? and I know the President Hotel I've stayed in the President Hotel a a tidy little hotel is exactly the way to describe it the rooms aren't huge but they're nice and nice bit of grub and okay the bar is expensive but then city centre bars in London are wicked expensive but that's it £95 I'm assuming per person per night so they're staying two nights and they're going to see Phantom of the Opera and they're going to fly over and back and it's costing them less than to go to see it in Dublin. It does kind of say it all, doesn't it? I feel hotels should keep their prices low to attract more people rather than higher prices for less people, says Gareth, the South African. Uh, South African man in Cork. Thanks, Gareth. Good man. I wonder what it's like to stay in a hotel in Johannesburg or someplace like that. Tony says, I was able to do a week in Austria in September flight was Dublin to Munich picked up Munich and transported to Austria on a coach a week, bed, breakfast and evening meal 968 euro and these are two countries renowned for being expensive, so Austria okay, a week in Austria, flights accommodation bed, breakfast, evening meal and his transport from the airport 968 euro's That's what you're talking about around the country. Now, have a listen to this. This is a recent housing protest. Now, this one's in Dublin, but look, they're all over the country at the moment. This is a a, a recent housing protest. Just some audio because Seamus wants to talk about the situation. Here we go. Now, that's a recent protest in Dublin. Now, there was protests in Femoy the other night, and I don't want to talk about them, okay? I don't want to talk about them. Um, but Seamus, what did you want to talk about? Morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you doing? You want to talk about that one that we just heard there.
8: Yeah, I think it's a very powerful speech. It's been doing the rounds on social media with a lot of people, and for those who are at the protest as well, like they they know all about it. But, mm. I mean, it, it just speaks a lot of truth, you know. Um, I... I Agree with a lot of the points that he had to make. You know, you know, with the protests that are taking place up in Dublin, the government and all agencies connected will refer to far right activism and whatever else. But according to the government at the moment, you know, if you're, if, if you know, if you're, a, if you have a family and you're in debt and you're in, in this situation and you so much as speak up against it and speak out in the masses, um, you're referred to far right.
2: Well, That's hold on a second that. now, Seamus, on the far right thing. Are, are you talking about? That protest, or are you talking about East Wall, or are you talking about From Well, Cause to me, they're different you know, types there of protest. All,
8: there are different types of protests. That particular pro- that particular protest is slightly different, but I mean, they're all just addressing the, uh, the, the 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 problems that this government have created. It's not the people that have created it. It's actually government policy that's created a lot of the problems. Whether it be you know the the mass immigration uh, of asylum seekers from all over the world, not just Ukraine. At the moment, um, we have no housing, mass no. Seamus.
2: We don't have mass immigration. We don't have mass um, immigration. But that's but that's an easily bandied around word. We've taken in Ukrainians that need help.
8: I understand that, but I think there's at the moment in East Wall, there's 700 um immigrants um being slotted into an ESB building um, uh, or ZBS building in Dublin and um, disused building. Over yeah. the world. They're not from Ukraine, yeah. So, I, I you know, I if there's not mass immigration going on to the tune of up to 60,000 people I don't know
2: what is. You're conflating two types of immigration.
8: Well, would you agree that the government have created these problems that's going on in this country at the moment?
2: I would agree we have a serious homelessness problem and I would agree very much that the kind of things that are being done, and I'll say this straight out, the kind of things that are being done for those people who are being housed in East Wall, for the people who are being helped in Formoy I do believe, Seamus, that we should also be doing that for what you might call our own. I hate the term "our own homeless," but yes, I do believe we should be doing that
8: for them. Yeah, we should be, and they haven't. And you know, it's amazing. And I don't know why they, they haven't, but I
2: do believe we should. I have no problem. I have absolutely no difficulty with the people being accommodated in East Wall. I have absolutely no difficulty with the people being accommodated in Formoy. None that ever was. But I do have a yeah. problem with walking up Patrick Street at 7 o'clock in the morning and seeing a guy in a doorway. That's what I have a problem
8: with. Yeah. Yes. Well, like, yeah, you you, see, you say that, like, but, you know... No, what's I, the I problem say it and I stand up, over it. Stand over it. Yeah. Well... I, I don't, don't have any know, problem.
2: I, I, I don't have any problem with the Ukrainians being accommodated.
8: No, nor no. the why. I don't have this. This is a government policy. Like this is not a blame game on refugees come and coming into our asylum seekers coming into the country. But then but why? But then why
2: shameless is it always put up there that we're putting people into East Wall and putting people into Fomay? Why is that always they're used angry. at the same in well, the same I'll breath?
8: You, I, I'll tell you why. Because people are angry and they're afraid of what's ho- what's happening. It's, you know, it is mass immigration. I mean, if you had a building down, your, uh, down the end of your street and all of a sudden six or 700 people from all over the world who are unchecked, it's not like these... The, there you, you go. You so you're going down a dangerous road there. Why is it a dangerous road to be concerned about unchecked people just entering your country?
2: But we travel the world as... We are the greatest mass immigrants of all time, the Irish. Yeah, we went look, all we over the world, mate.
8: Yeah, well, there's, I, you know, we did. It's though. a narrative. You don't deny it. We it's, did. It's a, PJ. It's a divisive narrative that's out there at the moment, and mm. I've no doubt that if it was happening down the, uh, but you're your fueling town, it. You're fueling like, down it. At the end of your streets, you're fueling it. Well, I'm not fueling it. Well, what, what it's really highlighting or fueling is the fact that the government have failed the people absolutely miserably at every level in this country. I don't, like, it's amazing that like, it's one narrative that has to be agreed with effectively, that's what you're endorsing yourself when you tell me that I'm dangerous in my words I, I, I agree with country, you, I agree but, with you but, that more should be done for the guy I just in the, the point, though, Go on. just let me finish the point the point being that if we have a country with 1 million people and growing on hospital waiting lists and we already have a, already have a homelessness crisis mm. that's out of control in this country mm. and we have the highest rents in Europe and we have no accommodation available for our own people effectively, so the the, the the problems that have been created by our government in our own country have become almost in, insurmountable. It does not make sense that we open the doors to unchecked people to just arrive at, in masses, be dropped See, off. See, there's the
2: kind of arguments being made in Formoy and being made in East Wall.
8: They're dangerous. Yeah, but it's it, it, it well, it may be deemed dangerous, but it's very it, like these are, are a lot. Most of these people, ninety nine percent of these people, are very concerned families, parents. Mm.
2: You know, and many of the people in Formoy and many of the people in East Wall are terrified people running from the other corners, of, from from the four corners of the world, particularly Ukraine. You know, and and then we also. have
8: if someone, if, you know, and if somebody hoists a tricolour or, uh, you know. It, it, what is it, the point, know, point of doing that? I think these people, it's not, I, I wouldn't say they're all far right activists. I
2: think what is the point of the tricolour, mate?
8: What is the point of the tricolour? Um, I think, well, I don't know exactly, but I would imagine when I see well, you it. Brought it
2: the, I, you I see brought it into the like conversation. What's the point of the tricolour?
8: I don't know. I th-
2: what I do you think, think it is? What do you think it is?
8: I think it's people who are just concerned about they're trying to. What I think what they're trying to do is. No, I tell you to, what it is.
2: It's an, it's, it's, for, it's an Ireland for the Irish attitude, which makes me sick, yeah. frankly.
8: It's well, it's it's happening because of the voice of failed policy by the government that's created by the government. That's yeah. that's why this is happening, you know. Like what I that, going back to the original clip you know, I think it's powerful and it's, it's a real indictment on the government and their failures for the, the people in this country. You know, a lot of these people are out in Eastwall and other parts of the country because they're fearful for the future of their own children mm-hmm. in this country. As that guy said, you know, the people who are building this country, they can't afford to even live in it and it's been destroyed by government policies. He's policy. got, oh so no,
2: he's got an absolutely valid point, but what's what's happening yeah. is what's happening is, and i, I leave you with this because time is again me, the actual genuine homeless crisis, which is, which is Devastating is being used by those who would do it as a stick to beat immigrants with, and I don't stand over that.
8: Well, I don't I, stand over
2: that. I, and and I, I,
8: yeah, I, can I just respond to that? I think that the, the bulk of people out there protesting—they're being—that's the—that's the, the reference that's being made to them, or the label that's being put on them. When really they're actually that's trying. That's the language they're, they're, they're using. They're, well, it's the what if you look at what's going on out there. They're really trying to highlight the failures, and if you look at the um, the the signs that they're they're holding up when they're out protesting, it's to highlight the failures of the current government. And as that guy said in his own speech, it's it you know he, you know he's made a lot of reference to different foreign nationals that are suffering in this country already. Yes, indeed, People he did. Are working here, not, yes, I'm indeed, not referring he did. But the governments have absolutely 1000 percent failed the people of this country miserably, and they need to be removed from power you know? soon. Not
2: well, not going to disagree with you on failures. Absolutely, not going to disagree with you on failures. But I will not. I, I don't like the conflating of of the two problems. Thanks, James.
3: The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96, 96, 96.
2: Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96.
3: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
2: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
3: On Cork's 96FM.
2: Yeah, we've got people agreeing with the sentiments in that audio clip that I played from the protest. Uh, everything the speakers say in that clip is so true. This is the kind of reality should be presented on primetime and the 6 o'clock news. And then, listening to my conversation with Seamus, which went down... Other roads, shall we say, but Jerry then says sixty-five thousand people coming into the country is mass immigration on top of the eleven thousand five hundred homeless Irish already here. Jerry, sixty-five thousand out of a population of approximately five million is like it's less than it's less than one point one percent. It's a tiny, tiny amount. It's well one percent. It's rough less than one percent of the population. So, you know, really. Mass immigration, no. I, I don't agree with that. And I don't agree with conflating what the protests in Formoy and the protests in East Wall trying to say that you just care about homelessness. No, I, I'm not I'm not buying that. Yes, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. It, it's, it certainly lends a certain... It, it lends a certain momentum to those protests. But... I don't think it helps. 0818969696. That's not to say that the homelessness situation isn't an absolute shambles. And you really would hope that in 2023, they'll get more right than they got right in 2022. Uh, But we can only live and wait for that one. Anyway, where are we going? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. During the week, talking an awful lot about dogs. It dominated our conversations for nearly two days, talking about dogs in the wake of that awful attack on little Alejandro up in County Wexford, and he's left in an awful state after it and has months and months and years of pain ahead of him. And the Taoiseach took it up in the doll and said, why would anybody want to own those breeds, those pit bull breeds and the likes of that and I I can't disagree with them even though there are people agreeing with them and people people agreeing with me and people disagreeing with me and said the most wonderful pets and this, that and the other and Saoirse rang then she minds these dogs, these particular breeds she minds them, she trains them, she keeps them and she loves them and she was quite annoyed with with my attitude You
7: just didn't like the statement that you said I don't know why anyone has a pit bull I don't Personally, for me, I have plenty of dogs. I have all XL bullies, I have staffies, and I have pit bulls. Now, each and every single one of them have been with kids. I've had my two-year-old godchild literally in the kennels with my dogs. She's been out by my kennels, sticking her hands in the kennels. I haven't been there watching her. Her older sister has been there. She's nine or ten. And they go out there, they play with the dogs and everything else.
2: But those There's dogs, th- 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 have the power in their jaws and a head of muscle and bone to take the hand clean off a child, take the hand clean off you. That's not safe, is it? Well,
9: if if the dogs are raised right, then there's no need to worry.
2: Trisha listens in London. What are you listening? And I know no. the the breed, hi Trisha. The breed has been hi. banned over there since the eighties. I'm told.
10: Um. Yeah, but you still see them. Yeah. Yeah, you still see them, and you see people with like leather straps around um, their 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 mouths if they're in the street. You wouldn't see. I, I haven't seen one for ages. You know that's. I just can't believe she let a child in a cage with an animal.
2: Or near the cage, yeah. Not too sure whether it was. No, in she or near. said
10: it was. A, oh, yeah, but come on, it's an it's a vicious animal. Yeah. It's every conversation since has proved that people keep justifying about the dog saying they were bred for bull. So it's in their DNA to kill Mm. or harm. I mean, how is that little boy, by the way?
2: The little led up the country? He's in an awful state, Trish. He's in a terrible state. He's got no lower lip left. One of his cheeks is going to take many operations.
10: However much you love cuddles or Sam, or whatever they call the dogs, are called that boy should be a reason why a child should not go near a dog like that Mm. alone or at all.
2: Mm. A friend of mine sent me a video clip last night. He has a French bulldog, which is another bull breed, but he. So showed me videos of, of the bulldog playing playing with the little toddler and you can tell they have a remarkable relationship. And I said, But would, would you not be afraid? He said I would no more leave the child alone with the dog.
10: Well, I can tell you a story about my sister had a miniature Jack Russell, a horrible little rat
2: dog. I hate he them. was I he
11: hate
10: was them. oh horrible. I, I, I hate dogs. Oh we were we were around there one day and my daughter She was walking from the sofa that was by the bay window. The dog was sitting on my nephew's lap. He launched and onto Rachel's face. Grabbed the dog and everything. Geraldine took the dog into the kitchen, my daughter, into the kitchen. Do you know what came out of her mouth? Don't tell her husband because if he says if he bites anyone else, he's going. Yeah. So and I didn't because then you know it'd be you know you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't mm. but you can't trust dogs you can't trust cats you can't trust children and animals together
2: mm. yeah yeah i mean i you have know. i have two dogs and they are part of the family and they are adored beyond words would i leave either of them alone with a small baby no i wouldn't
10: not at all they'd nip They'd nip, wouldn't they? Because they are the centre of the attention and then this other one comes in and all of a sudden that's getting the attention. And by the way, is John Lewis that in your top five?
2: I don't know which one, Trish, it would be there. <laughs> the one, I don't the the like the new one. one. I don't like the new one.
10: No, I don't much. like the new one. But the, the orig- you know the one with the telescope and the old man and the moon?
2: Oh, that was lovely.
10: The Lily Alley. Lily-
11: ali-
2: Somewhere ali- only we know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a beauty. That was a beauty, yeah. Yeah. I don't have audio of that one. But we could grab that. That, Now, now you might throw our flipping pole all over (laughs) the place. This (laughs) (laughs) That's a lovely one, Lily Allen, yeah. Yeah,
10: that was a nice one. She
2: also turned that into a Christmas song when it never was before.
10: She did, yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah, it was very good. It was very good. All right.
2: Enjoyed it. All right. Good talking to you, Tricia. Thank you very much. That's Tricia listens to the show in London. Would you let a dog, okay, any dog, any dog, would you let them alone with a small child?
3: Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
1: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
3: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze.
2: 0818 96, 96, 96 Back to dogs. Dogs have dominated our conversation this week in so many ways and I have pages and pages of stuff to get to. Linda.
0: Good morning PJ.
2: You don't like these breeds at all do you?
0: It's not about not liking the breed. It's um, I think it's a selective ownership more than anything else. It's basically anybody they're a lockjaw dog. Right. So, once their jaw's locked, that's it. So, in my personal view, I think they should be either owned by somebody that does not have children. I know I, there's people out there pulling the hair out of their head at this. None of us know what a child is going to do to an animal. Mm. Um, animals have the same temperament as a human good days, bad days. We all get our bad days when we're off or not feeling well. How do you know your animal is not feeling sick inside? I yes. want a child or something. I mean, you don't even have to do something to an animal, you know, to to upset an animal or a human, as you know yourself. Mm. And, like, people think, like, oh, my God, I can leave my dog with this. You know, it, their children or grandchildren or whoever. You cannot trust an animal, no matter how docile an animal is. Mm. I have a dog here. She's so docile. Mm. But you still cannot leave a child with her. Oh, There's is no way. The world, what is she? she's uh, she's actually a toy poodle okay. now you could do anything with her you know you could you could throw her around the place and, and did you know they were, was, they
2: were originally a hunting dog did you know that
0: that's right that's right yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic I couldn't I'd highly recommend them for uh, a family pet you've no hairs you've mm. fantastic little they're so docile but at the end of the day it's an animal no matter what and if she bites the child on the face, she's going to hurt the child, and she's going to do a lot of damage, the same as any dog, and she's a small dog, yes, so if you have a big dog like that, like I know somebody that had um they actually rescued a pit bull, and the father came into the house, and the dog walked this animal. there was only two of them in the house, and this pit bull went for the father mm. out of the blue, no apparent reason that was fine. they said,, oh, okay something, you know, must have startled the dog. The dog went again for the father, and that was it, the dog was gone. Yeah. The dog was put down for the simple reason was, it was dangerous.
2: Can't trust that the could dog.
0: have been a child. Yeah. No, that man, if that dog came in the door and the son wasn't there, that dog would have made a mess of that man because that man would not have yeah. been able to get that dog off, yeah. and that man would have been in his 60s, yeah. you know? That is how dangerous it doesn't have to be a child. It can be an adult that's been attacked. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're. And, you no, know, I, I. they're lovely dogs, and I've been across them. If you want a dog that looks in that that direction, go for um, a British Bulldog. Mm. They're another beautiful dog. They're, they're not lockjaw. They're so docile with kids. But if you wanted a dog that looks in that direction. Yeah,
2: I mean, looks, looks a bit like the, that.
0: The, yeah. You know, they're, they're just all they want is love. They're big, yeah. They're stupid, yeah. lovable dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you if you want to go down that line of having a pit bull, bulldog, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but it's so silly for people out there to say well, I can leave my animal with anybody. Yeah, that's that's not right. Yeah, that's yeah. not
2: true. If you, you I don't know if, you, if you've ever watched Linda. Do, do you know what zoomies are? No, I don't. All right, zoomies are when you have a couple of dogs, and they play. And it's very yeah. sort of snarly play, so snarling yeah. and snapping at each other. And there's absolutely no harm intended. They're just play fighting, like kids play. My fight.
0: dogs do the same? Yeah. My dogs do the same?
2: That's what they call zoomies. That's zoomies. Right? All right. But the problem is, I mean, during the summer when we were on holidays, we had our two um, away being kenneled and they went playing zoomies and it got a bit heated and what happens is if the zoomies gets a bit lively in the kitchen at home you stop at you two and they'll break it up and literally stop at you two for god's sake right but in a kennel house not going to happen and we ended up with a vet bill for an injured lip there was no harm intended but what i'm thinking is a child the very same thing
0: exactly or, or, like, I, the way I would look at it as an elderly person that would be vulnerable and wouldn't have the strength yes. to get the dog off them. Yeah. It's not even about the dog. It's the person that's been attacked. Yeah. Have they got the strength? To defend themselves. If they haven't an animal like that should not be in presence. And
2: an elderly person or a child does not have that strength or presence of mind in the case of the child. Linda, thank you. Great call. Uh, do appreciate it. 0818 96 96 96. Never leave a baby or toddler alone with any animal. They could grab or pinch or startle the animal. I'm an animal lover but if a child is injured then in my opinion it's the adult's fault, not the fault of the animal or the child. If a person is stupid enough to leave a child alone with any animal. It's going to happen. Yeah, you've got a lot of that. Oh, I think we're deciding now between the Kellogg's ads and the ESB ads, and that's turning out to be a fairly easy competition too. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Kathleen, I've seen this, it happens all the time. Emer was telling me it happened to them coming in this morning in the car. Very, very near one. People walking out behind cars doing stupid things on the roads. The pedestrian's always right. The trouble is, sometimes the pedestrian can be quite stupid. Morning. <laughs>
7: Morning, TJ. How are things?
2: <laughs> I'm not wrong, am I?
7: No, I've had a couple of close shaves lately, and honestly, it put the heart crossways in you. Like, the evenings coming home from work, obviously, they're dark. There's that drizzly rain. You know, the lights are on,
11: mm.
7: hopefully. Some cars have no lights on, which makes it worse. But your wipers are on and, you know, people are dressed in dark clothes and that's fine. That's our colour for winter. We wear dark clothes. But they walk out thinking because the car lights are on them, they can be seen. They can't. I was coming along a road the other day and next thing this fellow was standing beside my window, you know, on the driver's side. He had walked out, I didn't see him and if I was two seconds later he would have been up in the bonnet. Yeah, It took the heart out of me, I'll be honest with you, and I've seen so many close shaves with mm. cyclists and pedestrians and I was just looking there last night so far this year there's 35 pedestrians dead on our roads mm. and 7 cyclists. Now that's 42 people who won't be at right. the table this year. That's right. Oh, because right. we're like, it's especially in the evening time, we're all tired after work. We're kind of, I suppose, distracted. Mm-hmm. Everyone, cyclist, walkers. I've no problem with cyclists. I really don't. I was a cyclist no, once in no, my
11: no.
7: I've no problem with people and scooters, but just light up. Don't think because the car lights are on you that you can be seen. You really can't. Yeah. And the Road Safety Authority, if you go into to their website, you can get the high-vis vests free, armbands yeah. free. And if all comes to all, you can plan the light on your mobile phone if you're walking on a the road that there's no footpath. I so will plan the light on your mobile phone just so that you're seen.
2: Have you noticed, Kathleen, as well, that people are kind of angry on the roads?
11: Oh,
7: oh my God. It's dreadful, dreadful. Yeah definitely more angry. I don't know what's wrong with people. I suppose we're all stressed, I don't know.
2: Mm. But I mean, okay, only... I wouldn't be the most patient person sitting in a traffic jam. I would be yeah. cursing into the into the roof. Um, yeah. and, but but at the same time, I think it's getting worse.
7: It is getting worse. And, you know, if people just held back for three to five seconds and just waited, it would dissolve. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, Oh, I'm living out here in Topper. They've widened footpaths nearly out into the middle of the road. Oh God, yeah. You know, the road now is very tight. You
2: could play a match and on those place, pavements. I wonder what the, I wonder what all that's about. like.
7: I right. have no idea. I have no idea. Because we're between two universities, which is, um, CIT and UCC, and the whole idea was that there'd be a cycle lane. you know, for students. Mm. They brought out the footpaths, I'd say, six to eight feet on either side. No cycle lane. Mm. And before the buses could pull in, you know, like it's a very busy route between work and mm. school and everything. And if the bus pulls in the morning and there's 10 people getting on, the cars behind That's have right. to wait. That's right. We, ha- we, we have to it touch.
2: down below from us here in McCartan. a pal mine pointed that out to me about the Douglas one, he drives a lot for work and he, or the Toker yeah. one, he drives a lot for work and he regularly gets caught behind that. But down here in McCartan Street, there's a bus pulling in in the middle of the street all that's day long, absolutely. All crazy. day long, yeah. You mentioned about, you know, vi- visibility. The law says, we yes. know that, Kathleen, the law says car versus pedestrian, car is always going to be in the wrong. That, that's unfortunate. It's just yes. what the law says. But the pedestrian, do you think the pedestrian has a duty of care to themselves and a duty of respect to other road users to be visible? Yes.
0: We
7: all have a duty of respect when we use the roads. Pedestrians, yes, and... Um, this jaywalking is the kind of just walking out from behind cars. We all do it. Yeah. But you know, I find and I shouldn't say it, but the Ubers are the, the just heats or the um the deliverables sorry, not the Ubers they don't take any notice of leads or some of or yeah, Some of them are mad, pushes. yeah, I
2: know.
7: Yeah, They cycle out into the middle of a junction, they look to see what's not moving and they're gone, you know, and it's so dangerous. It but we be. do, of course, we all have a, a duty you know, to mind ourselves. We're all precious to our families and, as I say, there's 42 people so far this year that won't be at the table this year and really and truly, you know, it's an awful lot that you can't traverse and I'm just asking people, please just light up, take your time and drivers hold back for five seconds like there's a lot of slip roads where cars come down off a slip road but they can't get into the right lane True. and you'll just see drivers, they'll drive up and they won't let them in, give the hold back for three seconds, okay. it'll save you an hour my, when you
2: run my, into the... My, my wife would love cars. listening to what you're saying because she's the very one that at a junction she lets let somebody go rather yeah. than jump herself and I'd be saying to her, yes. for God's sake you'd be in there three times let him go. It's only ten seconds. It's and only ten seconds. seconds. And uh, yeah, we often argue about it. It's true. Thanks, Kathleen. Appreciate that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Sheamus was listening to Kathleen. How are you? Not too bad, yourself. Good. You've noticed another group that you want to say something about, and no, they mightn't hear mm-hmm. you because they're they got headphones on. Go on. Yeah,
12: it's a mess. I don't know how many times this year I've had them walk out in front of me. Hey, looking at the mobile phone and the headphones on, they don't see me, they don't hear me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and walkers now or cyclists? Walkers.
12: Yeah. Walkers. Most of my driving is rural areas, as the man says, and you don't get too many cyclists.
2: Mm. And what, what are you in? Car or bus? Bus. Bus. So.
12: Yeah, I'm in a minibus now this morning, but I would be driving up the
2: 53 seat. Right, right. We were all told as young people. Never walk in front of a bus, isn't that right? Yeah. Never. Go because behind I mean, the bus.
12: Yeah. Like, if, it's like a truck, if you pass out and walk out in front of me in a 53-seater bus, I won't see you. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, it's a simple little thing, I was taught, and now I'm in my mid-60s, I was taught it years ago, as a young fella, Bob and Cock, mm. by my father. If you want to cross the road in front of a bus or a truck, make sure the driver sees you. Yes. And ninety nine times over hundred he'll tell
2: you go. That's right. That's right. You know,
12: he he will give you the signal to go, he won't hold you there like me, but it's I yeah. don't know, I think it's stupid the higher educated are getting the stupid on the app. <laughs>
2: Seamus, you abuse. Good man. Thanks. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yeah, no, listen, scooters, lads, scooters. And I know I'm on about this for a while, but I saw something this morning. I was coming in and I had a good bit of time, so I was all right. I wasn't in a hurry. It was a quite a nice morning. I was driving in. Uh, I won't give you the time and I won't give you the place because I wouldn't like to identify the individual involved. I wouldn't, to be fair to him. But I was. In a particular part of my route this morning, sitting at a traffic light, waiting for the off. And I got the off, and I was the second car, so the car in front of me moved away through the green light. And as I went to live off my handbrake, this guy came out across the junction on a scooter. Okay, Now he was well lit up. The scooter even had built-in lights on it and stuff. But not only was he on the scooter, not only was he crossing a line of traffic that had just gotten a green light, but he also had a child on the scooter. I could not believe what I was looking at. So there he was on an electric scooter, going across a line of traffic that's just got a green light, and he's got a child with him standing on the on the deck of the, of, of the, the scooter. And I thus thought, Mother of God Almighty, are you off your head? Oh, 0818 96 96 96. Good God, it's not the child's fault. The dog should have a muzzle and a lead and be under the owner's control. I didn't like Tricia's comments on that, said Jimmy. But I think Trisha's saying don't have dogs around small children, I think. Uh, no, never leave a baby or toddler alone with an animal. They could grab or pinch or startle the animal. With piles more, I'll get to them. Coming back to the immigration. And Seamus with me before the news at 10. And he mentioned the, terms, the term mass immigration. Hi, this is Attican. I'd like to mention the guy saying we have mass immigration is talking nonsense. We have 190,000 vacant homes we could house refugees and the homeless. It is possible to do both. I'm sick and tired of this us versus them narrative that's been created. We're all the same at the end of the day. Let's treat each other with dignity and respect. Thanks, Atacan. And P.J., please get off your high horse. Yes, Ireland for the Irish. Why not? Oh, for God's sake. There are economic migration taking advantage of our fools in power. Well, the reason I say I don't like Ireland for the Irish was, do you remember no Irish need apply? No blacks, no dogs, no Irish. Do you ever remember that? Do you never, ever, never, ever, anyone who saw that? No blacks, no Irish, no dogs. Did happen, you know, uh, did happen. And economic, you see, economic migrants, we're the Olympic and world champion of economic migrancy. We've done it the world over. To our benefit and the benefit of the rest of the world. But we are the world Olympic champions of economic migration. And we should always remember that. I love the Kellogg's ad, says Abby. My daughter Maria is the spit of her. I took a photo of the girl on the TV, put it into a photo of my daughter at that age. They're so similar. People really think they're very alike. The Kellogg's ad... Uh, the Kellogg's head, "Yeah, the board gash one. That's yeah. The music is beautiful. Oh, this is the fire. Yeah, um, another lovely little girl in it as well. Very moving. Yeah, and we looked at the little uh, John Lewis one, the Lily Allen. You see, it's very visual. It's very visual. You can't really see or imagine what's been done on screen. But thanks for that." Quick domination from Trisha in London. 0818969696. We are going to the Panto with Antti Morade. Next. Access all areas on
8: Cork's 96 FM.
11: Your guides to nightlife
8: on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael with the latest in Cork Entertainment. Controversial Scottish satirist and comedian Frankie Boyle is set to bring his Lap of Shame show to Cork Opera House in the new year when he plays the venue on Thursday, March 23rd. Tickets are on sale now from the venue's box office and from. CorkOverhouse.ie Access All Areas Ollie Moores returns to Cork to play live at the Marquee as he tours the release of Marry Me his first new studio album in over four years. He comes to lease out on Friday June 9th with very special guest True Tides with tickets on sale now Access All Areas If you have a gig, exhibition or any entertainment news coming up in the next few weeks drop us a line here at Access All Areas on AAA at 96fm.ie Access All Areas Your guide tonight
3: On Corks 96 FM.
2: Right on the Fridays of December, right up to our last Friday on air, which is Friday 23rd, we will have festive Fridays. Okay, and today we're going
3: to the panto with (laughs) Anti-Morade. There's just one sleep left until the Panto returns to the Everyman. Catherine mahan is producer and director of the Everyman and Cada, Cinderella. I call this week the cake that we now have to mix. So it's all the ingredients and you put it together and you hope you're going to release the best cake ever. This time last year was a much different scene. Last year I used to have to wait until half a eight in the morning for the stage director to come or text me and say all is okay. I knew we could do the shows that day. I didn't know whether we could do them the following day. It's a, It was very hard living in that unpredictable world, but at least this year it's lovely to think that we don't have masks and that everybody's much more relaxed. Cinderella runs at the McCurtain Street venue until Sunday January 15s, Podrick de defusco is making his panto and professional debut as Prince William.
6: It's really exciting and to be able to work with the cast that i'm working with is is mad like and everyone's so welcoming and uh being from Walford, i'm a Walford man so uh i feel like i've been welcomed into the the cork panto family and uh playing the prince is great because um again like michael said he's he's not your typical prince like uh he's a bit of a rocker he likes rock music and he he kind of he, he wants to rebel a little bit and uh, alfred's there to keep him on the straight and
3: narrow michael sands is alfred for a lot of these kids it's the first time they've ever seen live entertainment and particularly
4: with that thing that we don't want to mention anymore. It's their
3: first time coming
4: in and their first time being around other smallies and then encouraged to interact with us. And they they have an influence in the story. That's It's so live to them and it's actually real life to them. So that has its own onus and that then brings its own adrenaline, you know?
3: Myers Shiva Marin is Fairy Godmother and while her character is making dreams come true for Cinders, bagging this role is a dream come true for Shiva. I've always grown up watching all of,
6: um, loads of other people play principal parts and this year, getting it
3: being my turn, I was just so honoured to got, have gotten the part. Jessica O'Shea is in the ensemble and has been really enjoying the build up to opening day.
9: We're constantly having loads of fun during the rehearsals, you know, um, all different types of things Going on the rehearsals, dancing, acting, singing, so a nice variety, and yeah, it's really enjoyable.
3: This is Kellyanne Healy's second year choreographing the entire panto.
5: What I suppose for me, this year is probably my favourite because I missed the kids a lot last year due to Covid, um, but they're back this year and they're absolutely amazing, and it's lovely to be able to choreograph them and the ensemble and everyone else. Cinderella is my favourite panto, um, it's just so magical. As Jess said, there's a lot of audience participation. There's loads of song, dance. There's pop songs that you know young kids will recognise. Of course, there's their favourite thrown in. I won't ruin it. Yeah. So yeah, there's a bit for everyone. Moms, dads. Oh, anyone.
3: I also wanted to find out from the cast if they had any pre-show rituals.
4: I like to have a shower before every, every show. I don't know. I don't know what that says about me.
6: I don't know. It's just kind of one of these things. Um, everybody has their own thing. I like to brush my teeth. Uh, that's a that's a start. that's, to know. <laughs> that's a start. Um, just kind of a vocal warm up and yeah, just look after yourself and keep keep healthy. <laughs> Making sure like I drink loads of water throughout the day before a show. Like getting your makeup on, getting your hair done. Um, yeah maybe just brushing your teeth as well before going
3: on um, yeah really just kind of little things like that this year's Panto at the Everyman Cinderella opens tomorrow oh yes it does
2: thanks Moraine Festive Friday and I'm in the Panto I'm in the Panto I am. I am. 96, 96, 96 will you wear your Christmas jumper going to the Panto well you should shouldn't you organize it for Cork Simon. Why don't a whole load of you go to the Panto in your Christmas jumpers as part of your Christmas jumper day for Cork Simon? It's just another way to raise vital funds. You can do a, a Christmas jumper day anywhere. Do it at work, do it at home, do it at school, go to the Panto, a load of you in your Christmas jumpers. Just do it. Just do it because nobody wants their child to grow up homeless on Christmas day. And a Simon Christmas jumper day is something you can do to make sure that doesn't happen. You can get a fundraising pack at CorkSimon.ie and then you can join us at Cork's 96 AM to help fight homelessness in Cork. Just before we go out of the hour, can I mention two young boys that we all know really well and we've all followed their lives really, really closely. Uh, I'm talking about Hassan and Hussein Ben-Hafaf. The lovely boys, two lovely boys and their mom, Angie, and the rest of their family. The boys are 13 today. Boys turn 13 today. Think back 13 years ago. To Did we even think they'd survive? Or 12 years ago, did, they, did we even think that they would survive? And they are 13. I was only talking to them last Saturday night at the Business Cork Awards where they were presented with the spirit of Cork Awards. They looked fantastic in their two matching wheelchairs and their fabulous clobber from uh, suit distributors looked after them. It was just brilliant to see them. So thir- they, they turn 13 today. Hassan and Hussain Ben-Hafaf. Happy birthday, boys. Let me know what, ni- what line she's on there, guys. We have a winner for our free Panto Friday. There'll be another one next hour and another one throughout the whole afternoon. If you're going around town this weekend, you might see a bus wrapped in the most wonderful purple colours to mark International Day of Persons with Disabilities, which is today and tomorrow. Uh, all the weekend. The bus will be going around. It's beautifully wrapped in the colour purple. Uh, Transport for Ireland has wrapped the bus and they're taking jam cards. There was a photo shoot outside the City Hall this morning with the Lord Mayor to launch it. But that bus going around to mark... International Day of People with Disabilities. Well done to my pal, Kieran Delaney, who managed to organise that bus. He'll have a lot of hand in the work of getting that bus on the road for the weekend, just to mark the occasion that it is. But well done. 0818 96 96, 96. OK, Claire Bourne is our winner. No, not the one on the radio or the television. No, no, another Claire Bourne in Glenmire, heading off through the Panto, free Panto Friday winner. Every hour this afternoon as well with the Everyman. Uh, right here on course 96FM right up to 7 o'clock. Free Panto Friday. Panto opens tomorrow and runs until January. And I'm in mean it. I'm actually in it. 0818 96 96 96. A few more comments I'm holding over about... I'm uh, Talking to Seamus earlier on right, about homelessness and this conflating of the homelessness problem, mixing that up with the immigration issue and refugees and protests in Formoy and protests in East Wall and then trying to make them look like the same protests when you protest against homelessness on a Saturday afternoon. There are people who want to mix those homelessness protests up. But I'm not letting them get away with that. But here's one for you. If you put up a cover version of your favourite song, so you go play a guitar or a piano or whatever, you cover your favourite song, And you put it up on TikTok or Facebook or up on the Grammar, wherever. And lots of musicians break into music that way. What if your favourite artist then picks up on that? And what if, as a result of them picking up on it, you end up playing support to your favourite artist in your hometown? Can you imagine that happening? That's exactly what happened for a young man called Andrew Fletcher he is a student of St. Coleman's in East Cork and just there a week or so ago he opened for Mundy at the Blackbird in Ballycotton I mean, and Mundy invited him, himself to do it Andrew, how did you end up becoming a Mundy fan because, you know you're very young to be into Monday. How did how did that happen to start with? Anyway, good morning.
6: Well, ah, uh, hello. I'm um, basically really growing up, kind of in the house. Monday's always been on. Really, my dad and my pa- my mother and father really just bought. uh he's always been on, like even all the time in the car as long as I can remember. Really.
2: Yeah, you'd have grown up with July and Mexico and yeah, all those tunes. Yeah. Yeah, and you played. When did you start playing the guitar yourself? Then.
6: Um, during lockdown, my uh, my brother bought a guitar and he was going to try learn it. And um, basically, he just kind of one day I just kind of picked it up and said, "You know what? I want to try learn the guitar." And I started uh, trying to teach myself. Right. And eventually, he gave up and just gave the guitar to me. And since then, really, just all the time, really, all the time.
2: Yeah, so, so what what kind of stuff do you like to perform?
6: Uh, I love everything really. Like I've got, I kind of love a lot of the grunge, a lot of Irish bands as well. It's everything really.
2: Right. What's your favourite song?
6: I like, um, I like Mundy, Gin and Tonic Sky, alright, that's probably one of my favourites.
2: Okay. So, how did it come about? How did the support gig happen for you?
6: Uh, Basically, kind of, I think it was April, I uh, put up a cover on Instagram of of Gin and Tonic Sky, one of Mundy's songs. Yeah. uh, Just by chance, he saw it. Nice. And uh, he shared it on his uh, Instagram, Facebook, and all that kind of thing. And it kind of, it kind of took off then, really. And, um, coming up there to Valley Cotton uh, one of my uh, dad's uh, friend's cousins would actually be friendly up Monday right and uh, Mossy in the blackboard as well and uh, he kind of, they kind of got me in touch with him and it kind of went from there really
2: that was a big surprise
6: yeah it was great yeah
2: like when he picked up on your cover in the first place were you surprised by that
13: delighted yeah I couldn't believe it really how
2: are you Brian proud of him
13: very proud of him yeah unbelievable really how far he's come since he started playing very good
2: couldn't believe he just picked up the guitar during lockdown, like.
13: Yeah, he picked it up during lockdown and he learned a few songs. And he likes a lot of Irish bands and a lot of local Cork bands. Yeah. And our, our local pub here in get the Schooner Bar, uh, they have music every Sunday. Yes. And uh, there's a band called August Walk. Dots would be the... Dots, David Tobin will be the singer. Yeah. And he actually plays down there with Roger. And one night... Dots just got him up for a song and he done two of their songs and it kind of went from there. And uh, Julie, blown the schooner, is very good to him. If there's music, we normally go down on a Sunday. Yes. For the Sunday evening and a lot of the bands that play there or they all know him, they'll bring him up, give him a chance, give him a song and kind of went from there, really. Had you any
2: idea of this talent when lockdown started first?
13: I did and I was just there. Is it just me being his father or is he really that good? But... He's sort of proven himself now a bit. he's uh, he's doing very well. Yeah. But uh, he actually came third in Cork's Teen Idol last year as well. Yeah. Uh, Liz Liz Cosgrove. Yeah. Uh, put him forward then. So last month we were actually over in Manchester for an audition for the Voice Kids UK. Brilliant. So we're just waiting on news from that now. For the next next few weeks. Really. Also, Cosgrove, the audition
2: is done. When will you know?
13: Start of December. First week of December, hopefully. Next week, the week after, hopefully. You'll let us know, won't you? We will, we will, yeah, we will. So uh, if he gets through, then we'll have to go to London again.
2: He told me that yourself and his mum are both big Mundy fans, and I mentioned stuff like July and Mexico, and he would have grown up with those. When you see one of your own youngsters following the music and performing the music that you love, there's a buzz in that, isn't there?
13: order oh, is totally seen him standing up there last night. He played Gin and Tonic Sky with Monday last wow. night. Uh, and it was just absolutely brilliant. Brilliant to see it. And uh Monday, in fairness very good to him, gave yeah. him a lot of support and mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah, and that's the thing I find with all the local bands and all the performers around Cork. They're all, all very friendly. You've all the lads from Flake again, gander the Hollies, he's played with all them, they've all got him up, given him a chance. They've all been very good,
2: Tom. That's fantastic. They all recognise a bit of talent. Andrew, one more for you. So what's Mundy really like? What's he like as a, as a guy to play with? He's
6: such a nice guy. He just He's chilled out and he's just easy to talk to. He's such a nice guy.
2: Good, good. All right, well, the best of luck to you for your musical future. And I'd be a bit of a Mundy fan myself, and Jen and Tonic Sky is a big favourite of mine. So okay. I must look up your cover. I haven't seen it yet. I must look it up. Yeah. And... <laughs>
6: it's got Instagram and Facebook anyway.
2: All right, best of luck, Andrew. Thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers, Andrew Fletcher and his dad, Brian. Big moment for the young lad. And he does a great version of uh, Gin and Tonic Sky. If you want to go look that up, you'll find it on Instagram or on Facebook. Oh, eight, eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. So much stuff to clear. The Butcher's Block, you remember we were talking about them last week and still haven't had anybody come forward from the company to explain why it was okay to do what they did to people in Blackpool and Douglas still haven't haven't anyone come forward to, to talk to me about that, that doesn't kind of surprise me at all, at all, at all but the Dublin places are still open the Dublin branches are still open and we got a note to say we went to Tala yesterday and they honoured our vouchers for meat. Remember, they had savings vouchers and putting stuff aside for Christmas and all of that. Uh, we went to Tala and they honoured our meat vouchers. They wouldn't cash them in, but we did get practically a carload of meat. Uh, that was, thanks for that. And I must do this, I should have done this earlier on. Um. And uh, sorry that I didn't. uh, Hello to Michael Dunn from Glenmire. Happy birthday. Have a great day. From Brother Pat, Sister Susan, and Niece Lily Sue. Happy birthday. Yeah, PJs, and I love the top five adverts. Great choices. Thanks for that. Uh, don't, Don't forget to turn the lights off in the Guinness ad. It applies more this year than ever before. It does. And I'll come back to that before we finish. But, Carol, I, no, look, it's three weeks out. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve, and I'm like a small child and have been for the last week or so. And okay. some people are giving out to me and saying, ah, it's too early, calm down, it's only for the children. It, um, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Carol, you're on my side. Morning.
14: Hi, PJ. How are you?
2: How are you, girl?
14: I'm good. Our congratulations in order to you. Well done on your award.
2: Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Very kind. <laughs> you have a choir. And you're going singing for Christmas?
14: We are. So, um, yeah, I'm as hyper as you about Christmas. Um, I absolutely love it. It's one of my favourite times of the year. So um, we have been practising really hard for our upcoming concerts um, since about the end of September. So we've been singing Christmas songs that early, um, <laughs> just, <laughs> which has been amazing, amazing.
2: Um, what, what choir is this, Carol?
14: So I'm with the Bravehearts Choir, um, which um, some people might know it's a choir that um, was set up for people that were going through cancer treatments. So it kind of grew. It's set up since 2014 and it kind of grew for people who were affected directly or indirectly. Um, by cancer and a lot of our concerts would fundraise for cancer services. Okay. So, um, yeah, it, it's one of the main reasons I joined it because I love giving back. And as I said, we don't realize how important these services are until they knock on our own door. So um, our motto is um, singing for a living. So that's what we do. And it's kind of it's a safe environment for anyone to come to because music is so uplifting. Mm-hmm so um we had unfortunately a break of three years due to the pandemic and just getting back and our musical director retired so we have a brand new one now um gene who is amazing so we have two am- amazing um concerts coming up we're in the marina market um, this Sunday from 1 o'clock to 3 p.m. Um, and we'll be singing all jolly songs. If you want to join us, you're welcome to get up on stage and I'll shout you a hot chocolate and everything. Carol, you um, do not <laughs>
2: want my singing voice. You don't, like.
14: <laughs> everyone's welcome. You know, I believe there's a singer in everybody. And Well, in, I've, I've yet to I-
2: find my one, so there you go. <laughs>
14: You'll have to come along, you'll have to come along and we'll we'll test you, we we'll put you to the test. I'm sure you do a, a great jingle bells, you know. <laughs>
11: um
14: and then we have um a special concert which is in Saint Bridget's Church in Cross on Saturday, September, um or December the seventeenth at seven PM. So we're going to be joined by Kloyster Mirror School Choir for that. And there is it's no tickets, it's donation only and all the funds raised for that will go to our Ark House, which is an amazing charity so um, yeah, we're, we're kind of, I'm loving it it's absolutely I will, amazing you,
2: you and music, anyone who follows you on Instagram or <laughs> anywhere knows Just I, I'm putting on the spot here now is there anyone you didn't see in Cork this year, Carol? <laughs> no Run, um, run, run through the people <laughs> you did, just for people uh, Carol is, it I mean, you think I'm into music and you think others are into me. Carol, run through some of the artists you've been to see in Cork this year
14: so obviously the Cronas, who I have a big soft spot for, yeah. um, picture this. Dz, Elton John, um, Nile Rogers, Codeline, um i tra- Gavin James, Westlife, um, I'm tra- Westlife are amazing. Yeah, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the spot. Mary Dermot Black. Kennedy, Dermot Kennedy, yeah, um, I well. can't get it. A- I just can't get enough of them, you know. And I'm going to the Coronas again before Chris before this year is out, you know. And um, so, yeah, I just, I, I just. Lewis Capaldi was another one. He was amazing. You're, you're probably um, the biggest
2: gig gore, I know. Like you've been to so many of them this year.
14: Yeah, you know, I live for the music, PJ. Don't you? <laughs> you do. Yeah, I, yeah. You, you
2: yeah. do. And, and and now you're singing at the Brave Hearts Choir. Delighted for you, Carol. And one to three at the Marina Market this Sunday coming, and they're also in Crosshaven on the seventeenth. Of December, Carol, thank you, and uh, have a great Christmas for the family 0818 96, 96, 96 Let me go back to that for a sec. Um, someone quite aptly said, turning off the lights in the, in the guinness said uh, it applies more this year than ever. Yesterday, we were looking at the cost of your Christmas lights, and your LED lights on the tree are cheap, like you 'll run your Christmas tree, your main Christmas tree, with LED lights on it you 'll run it for the whole Christmas season for less than a euro. Like that's great. That's six, seven hours a day for less than a euro. If it's LED lights, cheaper again if they're on flickering. The trouble is LED lights that flicker. If you have had a few tonight before, not at all. No, couldn't be doing that. But it's up to yourself. But there's a, a an expert in Queen's University in Belfast called Professor Efa Foley, and she's an expert in energy systems engineering. She's from Bory Manor Road, one of our own, and she has been contributing to an article in The Examiner today on the cost of using household appliances. And something we must do uh, between now and Christmas, and as the weather gets colder next week, as it will, we must talk to someone about our boilers and turning down core temperatures in boilers and how we might adjust the core temperatures in our boilers because you can save money by doing that. She said, turning down your thermostat to about 19 degrees and setting the hot water thermostat to about 60 degrees and making sure your boiler is serviced, up to date, no air trapped. That can save you a few hundred euro a year. The time you spend in the shower costs money. Now, here's one. Charging a laptop for five hours. Now, it's 11 cents. But if you're leaving the laptop plugged in all the time, then you're using it round the clock. Your Wi-Fi, your Wi-Fi's on all day and all night. Now, that's cheap. That's six cents a day. The telly is the one to watch. Do not have the telly on unless you're actually watching it. Do not, because it's costing you money. Four hours of the telly cost you about ten cents. But don't get up in the morning at eight o'clock and need the telly on all day because it's, it's, it's mounting up tunes every time you use the toaster it's about 6 cents every time you use the iron for a short or the trousers it's about 20 cents the hoover about 12 cents and the most expensive the electric shower every time you put your little tush in the electric shower to wash yourself is about 160 depending on how long you spend there but 160 to 2 euro every time you step into the electric shower the electric cooker cooking dinner on the electric cooker about one thirty-six for the average dinner. You can save money. Uh, can we pursue that one as well after the weekend. Now Geraldine Monaghan from Carepack.ie. You have your your Christmas campaign. Tell me about it. Good morning.
9: Good morning. How are you?
2: Very good. Very good. Tell me about your Christmas campaign. So
9: basically, um, it's where. We're volunteers, and where we've been um, connecting members of the public with people who are a resident in a care home or a nursing home, and they're sending them a the gift for Christmas. Um, so it kind of it started in 2020, um, just a simple post on Facebook that went viral, and um, this year we've actually matched twenty one thousand nursing home residents across the country, which is amazing
2: that's fantastic
9: unbelievable
2: that is brilliant well done with that
9: yeah it's it's unreal like there were thirteen thousand in twenty twenty and twenty thousand in twenty twenty one and to be honest, we didn't foresee it continuing because it did start because of the pandemic and reaching out to people who were cocooning and who are isolating um but the value has has been huge um in the nursing homes they say there's so much fun around it and kind of parties around it and even people who don't have family at all
11: Mm.
9: and receiving something like from somebody that you know like you know nursing home staff will tell us like that you might have somebody who has spent their entire life and has never got a present, and has started to get
2: God, isn't now. that so sad? If someone was like that,
9: it's absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, but it's 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 actually unbelievable, and it has come to light more so this year. The amount of people that are actually like that—so
2: that they've never had, or in in their adult life, never never had a present.
9: Yeah, yeah, that they my haven't. My. And you know, like I mean. The one thing about the pandemic, you know, you had a lot of of people, obviously, who couldn't have their families then. But what we didn't realize was that while there might be somebody in the home who doesn't have family and who wouldn't have had family visiting anyway, they would have been maybe having a quick word with somebody else's family when they would have been walking in to visit them. Yes. And when that person then was like maybe meeting at the window of the bedroom or something like that. The other person who doesn't have the family wasn't seeing anybody at all. So, you know, it's, it's something that we're kind of going to look into a little bit more for maybe next year. But, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing the uptake.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's a phenomenal uptake. Uh, and I think it's, it's heartwarming to, it must be heartwarming for the people receiving the gifts to know that, that people care.
9: Absolutely, but you know what it's, it's heartwarming across the board because the people who are actually giving the um gifts are are getting an awful lot out of it as well um and as well as um people who are um, people well, who are in a home and also their families um are getting a lot out of it, and the staff are getting a lot out of it, so yeah. across the board, everybody is.
2: Did you ever think you'd be collecting that many gifts?
9: Absolutely not. Like, when I put the post on Facebook initially, it was just from watching the the news, um, seeing all the people that were in nursing homes that were cocooning, and I just thought it was so sad. Mm. And I contacted my local nursing home and just said to them, you know, would people be open to receiving, you know, a gift or a letter from a few friends of mine who wouldn't necessarily know them and i just put it up on facebook and <laughs> before i knew where i was it was gone just just went completely viral yeah, yeah. and even then my friends created the website around it which allowed us to scale it up
2: yeah 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 i remember there was a campaign locally here Geraldine i think as well where one or two of the nursing homes invited people just send a card just send in a Christmas card because it was so hard and this time this time last year I think the nursing homes were, were they on lockdown again this time last year?
9: Yeah they were they were and and like when we started the campaign last year they weren't but by the time it came to Christmas they were and um, so you know there was a huge uptake but I have to say like the big factor in this is on post because on post, um are given free post to nursing homes for the Christmas period. Are
2: oh, they doing so that again, are they?
9: They are, yeah. So they had done it um from we'll say they had done it for twenty twenty Christmas right up until March of this year. Um and then they reopened it again on the seventh of November. So it's it's one kg this time. It had been two. But it's one kg, which is ample. Yeah. And um, also, you can yeah, send. So, it's
2: not just. It's not just cards, Geraldine. You can send a little present for free.
9: You can send a package, yeah, a package up to one kg in weight, which is a lot. Yes. Um. So yeah. So that's we're 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 piggybacking off that as well. Um. But a lot of people are delivering, you know, directly, but themselves, you know, but but a lot of people are using the post. So I mean, on post they're just so generous to be doing that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, there there would be memorable ones. I was actually very surprised to hear what you said, that you, you'd come across people who'd never had a present in all of their adult life. That's so sad.
11: It's so sad,
9: and like I was talking to one nursing home in particular, and he was telling me about, uh, you know, they had several residents in the one nursing home that didn't have anybody and it just really struck me and I, I said it to a few friends of mine and he mentioned that they'd love, you know, they'd love Christmas jumpers. They'd love to do a Christmas jumper day. So I said yeah. it to a few friends of mine and before I knew where I was, I got enough <laughs> um, Christmas jumpers from my own friends um, for that particular home. So I'm going to go there Um <clears throat> before Christmas and deliver them myself, which is going to be nice too because I've been in contact with all these myself and Stephen have been in contact with all these nursing homes all this time and it's nice to actually get to call
2: <laughs> Ah yeah, ah, that's lovely, so if, if somebody wants to get involved, if somebody wants to to send a present, what can they do? Well, do they get on to you?
9: Well, we're actually we're actually closed because yeah. it, I know look, we didn't expect it, but it's never happened before, but there's 21 thousand people that we had signed up and they they literally all went of a shot um, I think because a lot of people that did it last year signed up already. So what we have now instead is we had a section for schools um, where as well we'll say like the care packs is one section of the website but on the other side then there was like a section for schools where school children could get involved to send a letter as opposed to a gift. Nice. Um. Nice. so that section is still open there there's, there's still quite a lot of residents there if somebody wants to go in there you'll see schools only on the website and you can go in there and individuals we welcome individuals now to go in there and just um, click on um, the school section and connect with the residents and then all the list of counties will come up mm-hmm. and you can choose a county um, not per home but per county so you'll mm-hmm. be given one at random and, and the name and address then of the person will be emailed to you, and you can then write them a letter or send them a gift, send them a, a right. card or a drawing or whatever. And
2: generally, not the top of your head, about, about how many people are in nursing homes up and down the country? Also, if you haven't got the number to hand, but how many would you reckon?
9: I've I no idea, to be honest. I've no idea. Tens about of the thousands time. anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, now that's an ambulance passing, but... Yeah, there's there's quite a lot,
2: um, quite a lot. So okay, okay. So it's open for schools still. The packages you're you're fully subscribed and present, which is whoa, which is brilliant. God, I hope that's not going anywhere. Carepack.ie is the website, and all the instructions are there.
0: Yes, absolutely. They're all there.
2: Alright, okay, listen, leave, leave you go. Thank you very much. That's uh, Geraldine Monaghan from Carepack.ie. Wonderful idea. Isn't that the saddest thing? And know we're all happy and bouncy with three weeks to Christmas, but isn't that the saddest thing? That there are people in a nursing home somewhere up and down the country or somewhere around our lovely county or our city that there could be some man, woman, who's never had a present in their entire adult life. And Geraldine and her people are doing something about that.
11: <laughs> trying to
2: get your head around that one as well. heading into the weekend. I don't want to believe in you with depressing thoughts, but heading into the weekend with that thought in your mind that there could be someone in a nursing home or a hospital or wherever or anywhere that in their entire adult life have never had a Christmas present. That's a very, very sobering thought, isn't it?